Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. Thank you, Sheila. That was absolutely wonderful. We are in the third Sunday of Advent, Christmas drawing closer all the time. You see more and more decorations around the church, which I'm sure you'll hear more about later on. And just before we get started into the worship service, we have a little um, sort of call to worship for you to sing with me. Uh, we await your son, O God. There's a refrain up there. You're welcome to sing that anytime, every time it happens. And uh, Ron and I. Welcome to worship this day at Trinity Lutheran. For those who are gathered here and for those who are gathered out there, we welcome you and we are glad that you're a part of this worship experience. Some of us know we have people, friends, family watching and so it's, this is our way of kind of greeting you and letting you know that we're grateful for your presence as well. As, as Carl mentioned, uh, this is the third Sunday of Advent and 
Everything has a growing sense of anticipation. The pyramids this morning speak volumes. I mean, we have the color blue, the season of Advent, but the striking sense of something about to explode or maybe implode in our lives is really a beautiful kind of image. It is a wonderful time that we have this year to be able to be together, to be the people of God and to be reminded that we are in community and that we're not alone. So each of us come this morning with our own personal agenda. That is, we have our own sets of needs, we have our own sets of wants and expectations and hopes. And what we hope is through this worship this morning, the Spirit will bind us together, will fill our hearts with a spirit of hope, and will encourage us in this time. So I invite you to stand as you're able as we enter into worship this morning. We gather here this morning in the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gathering here.
reason for our salvation, Lord. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. For peace in the world and your church, O God. Have mercy, Christ have mercy, for sacred space where we worship you, save comfort and defend us. Have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Let's pray. Stir up the wills of your faithful people, Lord God, and open our ears to the preaching of John, that rejoicing in your salvation, we may bring forth the fruits of repentance. We ask and pray this through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Emmanuel 
The lesson this morning is from the third chapter of Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. God has turned away your enemies. The ruler of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. God will rejoice over you with gladness. God will renew you in love. 
God will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At that time when I gather you. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I would like to invite the church choir to come forward from their places as they're coming forward. I'll just tell you that we've had a few rehearsals and... Um, Try to keep ourselves safe while we sing, and um, we'll sing a, a lovely Advent piece, No Wind at the Window. was promised, no promises made. 
I don't, I don't know if you know what you've done here this morning, but what a gift of hope. I mean, for two years, we've been longing to find those ways to gather together, to be the church again, and for you to be here, it's, I don't know how long it's been since you've gathered here to lead us in worship, two years, it's a profound gift that you made us. And the good news for me is, is it doesn't matter really how much of a dog I preach, you're going to remember the choir was here. <laughs> Yay, thanks be to God. God is good? All the time. I'm holding a piece of paper that in some way is kind of a key to the gospel lesson this morning. It's called Volunteer Opportunities at Trinity Lutheran Church. Now, some of you who have been around here as long, you know, as dirt's been invented, you probably forgot that at one time you filled out one of these things. And some of you who are maybe newer to this community of faith just remembered that, well, you took it home and filed it in a drawer, saying to yourself, they got plenty of people to do those things. They don't need me. So trying to do my best Arnie Bergstrom imitation, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> now, if you weren't here the Sunday he read a lesson, that won't make a bit of sense to you. But those of you who were here, you'll remember that. You'll remember that. So here's the gospel lesson. It's from the third chapter of Luke. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, well, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, 
God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? He said to them, whoever has two coats must share one with another who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the weed into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, every church that I've been involved with for a long, long time, has had something similar to this. It could be a four by six index card or it could be a full eight and a half by 11 sheet. But it was, every church was called to give the congregation opportunities to live out their faith. A space for everyone to come and service. So I'll just say to you briefly, if your faith feels a bit flat to you, go volunteer somewhere. For the Christian, one's wealth is shaped by our joy in giving our life away. Though my children do not make a regular practice of worship, I still am inclined to ask them regularly, where are you volunteering? Nonetheless, Trinity Lutheran's opportunities for volunteers are pretty standard fare. There's things like administration. Thanks be to God, there's people like Rob in Atlanta, because that's not a gift I have. There's grounds and building maintenance. I'm pretty good at cleaning. I would check that box and care for those whose help is in need. That could be wood, wood ministry to a prayer group. Trinity Lutheran is pretty expansive in those opportunities. There's social ministry and there's music ministry. Thanks be to God for a choir. And thanks be to God that Pastor Jim doesn't feel a call to singing. <laughs> I'm sure I'll hear about that later. There's fellowship, worship service. You know, there's all those kinds. All these are important and meaningful expressions of service to our Lord. But in all the years, in all my years of leading spiritship campaigns or time and talent surveys where people would volunteer, never once have I found an opportunity to check a box that is a critical part of biblical life in the, in the fellowship of God's people. Never once have I seen on one of these sheets a box that has following it 
profit. Churches are not generally looking for profits. Nowhere do you see that box. There's something about the John the Baptist voice, you brood of vipers, the clergy generally tend to avoid. I mean, if you have hopes of a retirement program. So we prefer the pastoral versus the prophetic voice. Though I swear, I swear to you, this is the absolute God's truth, as much as I can. Early in my ministry up in the prairies of Alberta, there was a pastor out in the prairies in conversation one day among other clergy about pastoral versus prophetic voice. He made an argument, and these are his exact words. Once a year, the pastor's responsibility is to preach a sermon that hangs him over hell with sound effects. I'm not sure what that would look like, but it seems to imply a certain loosening of certain muscles. Now, as opposed to Matthew's rendering of this text, where John the Baptist is speaking to, prof, or to Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious aristocracy, in this text of Luke, John is preaching to the congregation. He's preaching to the crowds. It's to the people, where he begins with those words, you brood of vipers, who warned you of the coming wrath? That's rather a harsh greeting. But here's what John does, according to Luke, that's so distinctive. He goes beyond the standard prophetic fare of repent, which is metanoia, which means turn around. Turn around from the direction you're going. And he preaches, bear fruit worthy of repentance. That is, you will demonstrate your fidelity to God by your service to your neighbor in need. Which, by the way, is one critical reason why churches give their people opportunities to volunteer, to serve, because it gives you the opportunity to bear fruit. It's our responsibility. It is the church's responsibility to give you opportunities to serve that you might bear fruit worthy of repentance. If we did it all for you, this would not be the church. I remember one church down in San Francisco that was gifted with so much money in a trust that they never, ever, ever had to do an offering again. And they realized that would be the worst thing that they could do because it doesn't give people the opportunity to give their lives. So Trinity Lutheran making these forms available is just one opportunity for you to respond to, Saint, or to John the Baptist's challenge. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Now, for a long time, as a part of premarital counseling that I required every couple to participate in if they wanted me to do their wedding. If they didn't want to do the program, great. I would give them the name of another pastor to be glad to do their wedding. But uh, this is something they had to do if they wanted me to do it. And as one of the exercises, I would give them an assignment that they would complete a rather extensive what we call genogram like a family tree. 
And it really called for them to research and to gather a lot of information of all sorts of things, both the bride and the groom's ancestry. Now, they would come together after having several weeks to complete this task, and we would put them down side by side. And always, without exception, there would be this enlightening and sometimes shocking moment as the two of them would find multi-generational themes that were intersecting in their union, that were somehow coming together in this moment that would give them another perspective of what their relationship was really about. And I remember one future bride exhaling, sitting back in her chair, and saying as she looked at her groom, and I thought I was marrying you because you were a good kisser. <laughs> that was actually one of the most mature responses that I got. <laughs> so the baptizer immediately goes from his apocalyptic warning of repent and bear fruit worthy of repentance to an admonition. Don't bother to drag out your religious family tree as a defense. Being a descendant of Abraham gives you zero, zero in terms of spiritual currency before God. Now, that wasn't just a threat. That was shocking news. The people actually believed that that did. John declares judgment is near, and that judgment will not be determined on the basis of religion, cultural, or ethnic identity, but rather on the conduct of their life. Hopefully, we see that that's equally true for us. Neither can we claim some family connection to the story of faith. I get that. The times that people have said to me when they find out what you, oh, yeah, I remember being confirmed once. Oh, great. Where have you been the last 40 years, you know? When I retired, I actually said that to someone. I didn't say that when I was still working. There is this common biblical response usually to a prophet and his prophetic judgment. It's one of anger and retribution. That voice we have a very low tolerance for. But not in this case. This was a fascinating rendering from Luke. The crowd asks a rather refreshing question. What should we do? Pretty straightforward. Actually, an amazing response. No excuses, no arguments, no threats from the crowd. No, let's hang him, let's get rid of him. It's just a pragmatic question. What should we do? To which John gives some very concrete examples that can be some very easily. You'll walk out. You won't forget these, I promise. It's simple. Share. Be fair. Don't bully. In 1986, a character by the name of Robert Fulgham published a book entitled, All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Now, most of us, I'm sure, read it. And if you didn't, you can figure it out just by the title, can't you? It was about the basics of life. How much better the world would be if we all lived by the basic kindergarten lessons of sharing, being kind to one another, and clean up after yourself. Can you imagine what the halls of Congress would look like right now <laughs> if they live by those standards? Those standards, I mean, think about it. Share, be fair, and don't bully. 
Oh my goodness gracious. What a light on a hill we could be. But that's kindergarten stuff. John's counsel to the crowd seems empowering in its kindergarten simplicity. He says to the crowds, which we have to presume were poor people. He says to the poor people, share. To the tax collectors, Jews had turned against other Jews. He says, be fair. And to the soldiers, don't bully. Don't misuse your power. Fidelity, faithfulness, doesn't have to be heroic. It doesn't have to be running into a burning building to save the puppy. It can feel routine, even mundane. Share, be fair, don't bully. It's the message for all of us. It's about Christian character. What is Christian character? How is it shaped? What does it look like? Ultimately, what is it at heart? John is instructing. He's not condemning. He's instructing. If John instructs the lowly poor, the corrupt tax collector, and the bare-knuckled mercenary, then who is left out? The answer is no one. When Luke quotes Isaiah saying, all flesh shall see the salvation of God, he really means it. So John says to us on this third Sunday of Advent, prepare, prepare. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. The poor are told to reject the myth of scarcity. Well, then what should that say to the wealthy? Reject the myth of scarcity. To tax collectors who sold out, Jews who sold out their fellow Jews, they're not told to cut, sever their ties with Rome. They're said, be fair. And soldiers are not exhorted to become pacifists. Rather, they are told to serve where they are, to make a stand for their neighbor amid, not apart from the community, in the midst of it. To make a stand for their neighbor. Share, be fair, don't bully. Now, here is something we all can do, and that's why it's called good news. To prepare for the coming Messiah, which is precisely what we are doing, as the faithful who are busy giving our life away. Pick up a volunteer form. We'll help you do it. We'll help you give your life away. We are a full-service church. We can get it done for you. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Please stand as we sing our hymn of the day. Christ be our light.
a sung prayer response as we wait. We'll sing it now and after each petition. <coughs> Gracious God, help us to meet you as you come to us. Help us to prepare your way in our lives and to announce your coming in love to others. Gather us in, O oh God, and bring us home. As we joyfully wait for the birth of Jesus, renew us in love and guide all people in pathways of righteousness and peace. Like John, let us witness to the light as we share with others. May we love kindness, show mercy, and walk humbly with you. Holy God, hear our prayer. of joy and exaltation. You strengthen what is weak. You enrich the poor and give hope to those who live in fear. As we hear your call, grant that your spirit might so move us and others that your saving presence might be visible to all. We hold close to our hearts this day all those affected by this weekend's tornadoes in Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri, Kentucky, and Illinois. Guide the hands of rescue teams and aid workers and bring peace and relief to those suffering loss of homes and loss of loved ones. Holy God, hear our prayer. Generous God, shepherd us into lives of gratitude. We know we can't make it alone. Let us show our thanks to you with our praise and to others as we each are able. Let us reach out to those who are burdened, 
sad, ill, or troubled in any way. Let the star of your hope shine on all and touch them with your healing light and strength, turning shame and despair into joy and hope. Holy God, hear our prayer. servants like John to call us and all the children of Abraham to turn to you and bear fruits of justice and mercy. Look upon our needs this day. Make us grateful for the good news and keep us faithful to your service. Hear these prayers, O God, and lead us into lives of joy as we wait and as we follow you, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Share God's peace with one another. Go for a walk. Good morning. Thank you for sharing those lovely greetings with each other. Remember, after worship, you can continue into the gym for coffee hour. We have uh, hot coffee and lots of great treats for you this morning. Uh, let's see, adult education happens every Sunday morning down in the fireside room between worship services. So that starts at 9:10. And this morning, Linda Neverman will be leading a conversation, a discussion about Christmas memories and traditions. So it should be a great time just to gather together and share some of your wonderful holiday traditions and memories with each other. And then next Sunday morning, uh, the Reverend Dave Shane will be here sharing his Christmas music on the dulcimer. Um, again, at 9.10 between services next Sunday morning should be a, a great, great session. 
Um, want to take a moment to thank our Christmas elves who have been busy, busy decorating. We're all lit up outside and inside now, so um, take a moment to enjoy these beautiful decorations, and thank you to everyone who worked so hard to put all of these things together for us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Uh, when you head into the gym following worship, be sure to stop and visit the Homeless Ministry. They have a table set up this morning with some um, a wonderful board with lots of photos showing what they do when they go visit these shelters uh, down in Seattle and now in Shoreline, and how we can all pitch in and help and share and do all those good things. Uh, also in the gym is our Christmas board display, Christmas card display. So again, if you have a Christmas greeting to share with your Trinity family, be sure to bring in a card and we will display it up there for everyone to see. Youth announcements. Uh, let's see. This Sunday, confirmation is not meeting. Next Sunday morning, confirmation meets at 1145. And this Wednesday at 4 o'clock, our youth group will meet here in person. So if it's dry, we'll be roasting marshmallows. Um, Island County Public Health will be back here this Friday from 2 to 6, 2 to 6 for a uh, COVID vaccine clinic. So if you've not yet received any of your doses, you're welcome to come by. Be sure to check out the Island County Health website. As far as we know, they may be requiring uh, appointments for this. So check out their website. Um, as of Friday, we didn't have that information yet, so we want to make sure that we check and see if we need an appointment to come in on Friday afternoon. And then Bonnie Williamson is one of our cleaners. Uh, she and Judy work together to keep both of our buildings clean and tidy for us, and Bonnie is retiring after 25 years cleaning our buildings. So um, we've put a, a sheet out on the Narthex table with her address, if you would like to send her a card of thanks and uh, happy retirement, I'm sure that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Barney, Bonnie and Judy just do a fantastic job for us around here. I think, oh, and then this afternoon, big announcement, four o'clock, we are meeting here in person in the parking lot for Christmas caroling. So uh, put your warm jackets on, it's a little chilly still, and bring a, a mug for hot cider and maybe a, a lawn chair to sit out in the parking lot and come and join us in song. Yes, yes. I apologize if I wasn't paying close enough attention, but did you announce the schedule for the, the uh, Sunday after Christmas? I did not, thank you. We should probably Yes, December 26th, the Sunday after Christmas, we'll be having one worship service, just meeting at nine o'clock that Sunday morning. So be sure to put that down on your calendar. Okay, then I'm going to invite Council President, oh, I'm sorry, Eric, Pastor Eric. Uh, just a reminder to our Bible study people, we are meeting this week at 10 a.m. on Zoom to get to meet with Zoom members from the church. Fantastic. Yes, Bible study continues to meet on Zoom Wednesday mornings at 10. If you'd like to be on that email invitation list, let me know and I will send that in. And then Lana, thank you, Lana. We have sign-up sheets out in the Narthex for our Christmas Eve services. We're looking for ushers and greeters and readers and all of those wonderful people to pitch in and help make that a beautiful service. We're worthy of repentance. <laughs> there we go. See? You see how we're there for you? How we do that? Fantastic. All right, then I'm going to invite um, our council president, Jan Wright, up and then... David Campbell as a representative from uh, the Endowment Committee. 
Hi, more good news from the Endowment Council and your endowment fund. In just a moment, Jan's going to invite up uh, seven folks, uh, well, six plus myself, and we're going to display checks for you totaling $5,500 coming from uh, your endowment fund. And uh, as a reminder, at any time, you can access the website and get more information about the endowment fund uh, at any time. Council President Jan. In the, in, the, in the spirit of sharing, uh, our endowment money this time will go to local benevolences. Um, we are local neighbors helping local neighbors in need. I'd like to have my uh, council members and others come and stand up in front first, please. I'll get those in a second. Set them down. <laughs> Set them down. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand out the checks so that you can see where our money goes, how we share with our neighbors. It's this microphone thing. <laughs> um, all of these have a variety of uh, people that they help, and it ranges in age from the elderly to the very young, from those who need housing to those who need food, to those who need to stay in their homes, to those who um, just need some extra help. Helping hand, $1,000. Mobile turkey unit, $1,000. Ryan's house, $1,000. Young Life, $500. Lutherwood, $500. Hearts and Hammers, $1,000. And South Whidbey at Home, this is a new one for us. They help seniors stay in their homes and stay active, $500. Okay, thank you. generosity of this congregation is truly, truly inspiring. I invite you please to stand as together we sing the Lord's Prayer.
now, my friends in Christ, as you depart from this place, into the world, into your places of ministry, may you go with the joy of knowing that you do not go alone, that Christ's Spirit accompanies you and wishes to bless those through you whom he will touch. We ask and pray this as you receive the benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. And our sending hymn is sort of a waltz. People look east. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.